Good morning, everybody. For the second day of Parshat B'Shalach. Uh, okay, so in the second day of Parshat B'Shalach, we're introduced, I want to give a little bit of a different take on a very, very famous medrash. The, the children of Israel approach the sea, the sea is blocking them, right? And they see the Egyptians coming up from the rear. <coughs> so Rashi tells us, and we, impl- we get this implied in the verses of the Torah, that they divided into four groups. One group said, when they saw the Egyptians attacking them from the rear, one group said, let's capitulate. We'll go back to, we'll go back to Egypt. This was a nice ride. We're out. We'll go back. Another group said, no, absolutely not. We're going to fight to the last man, even if every one of us dies. Even if every one of us dies. The third group said, no, why fight the last? Why give them the pleasure of killing us? We're all going to walk into the sea and die there. But we're not going back to be slaves to them. The fourth one said, let's pray. Those are the four groups. And Hashem responds to Moshe and tells Moshe, implied in the verses, you can look it up yourself in the Torah, because I don't want to spend too much time in it today, here in the podcast. Hashem replies to each four and says, no, none of you are correct. And instead, in tomorrow's reading, Hashem says, tell, Moshe, just tell them to go forward, the sea's going to split, don't worry about it. So, traditionally, when we talk in terms of these four groups, we see them as uh, at least three out of the four, Three out of the four are completely fatalistic. The ones that praying, maybe not. But the ones that say, let's capitulate, are fatalists. The ones that say, we'll fight to the last man, are expecting all to die in battle. And the ones that uh, say, let's throw ourselves into the sea, same thing. That's traditionally the way we understand these groups. I want to maybe introduce a different way of looking at it. In fact, none of them were fatalistic. They weren't fatalistic. Instead, they had become consumed by a gullus mentality. They had become gullus Jews. In other words... At that time, did they have the option of just going forward? They had that option? And drowning, they thought. What's going to happen? No, Hashem hadn't told them yet. Uh, They were all trying to decide. What other option was there? Okay. So, in other words... In a gullus mentality, they weren't fatalistic. And it wasn't even that they were without faith. They all had faith. What was the, what was the thing? Which one is our only option to survive? Survival. Excellent. Rabbi Chaim just said the word. We are built into our DNA as part of our experience over the last 3,300 years. We've had no choice. Hashem built into our DNA survivalist uh, instinct and a survivalist way of life. We have no other choice. We have no other choice. Without being survivalists, we would have disappeared. Many, many centuries ago, we would have disappeared. The fact that we're still around today is because we learned how to adapt and deal with and overcome... the Rahman al-Sun, Rahman al-Sun, multiple, multiple, multiple attempts at real genocide of killing us, where, where, the, where it was singularly about just make sure chas v'shalom, chas v'shalom, chas v'shalom, there's nothing left of any Jews in the world. 
And we've gone through that multiple times in our history. And every single time, or for the most part, each of those times, it was in a society and in a world that we built. We were the engine behind scientific advance in all of these societies. We were the engine behind economic advance. We were the engine behind the power, etc., which came with scientific and, 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 and economic advance. We were the engine. And then these nations, every single one of us, turned around, not just spit us in the face, but went to try to destroy us. If you don't have a survival instinct in that, you would have given up the ghost a long, long, long time ago. Long time ago. And we have no choice but to have that. However, there comes a point where the survival instinct becomes, you know the joke they say about the, how many Jewish mothers does it take to put in a light bulb? No, no, sit in the dark. No, no, sit in the dark, exactly. We learn to sit in the dark. We become as Jews, we, we, we learn how to sit in the dark. And therefore we, we reach that point where since our eyes have now adjusted to the darkness, and we'll use the metaphor, our eyes are now adjusted to the darkness to the point where we're able to see and function in the darkness, follow the metaphor, we're okay. We're okay, we'll live to fight another day. Do we still anticipate Mashiach? Of course we do. Do we say Animamin? Of course we do. But for right now, we just got to make it there. We just got to make it there. So for now, let's figure out how to survive. Because if not, who knows what's going to happen. And when you look at each of these groups, that's what was going on. The group that said capitulate to the Egyptians and go back to Egypt. Remember, this is only 20% of the Jewish people. 80% of the Jewish people didn't make it out of Egypt. They were so fatalistic, they didn't even come. So this is the 20% that had enough emuna to leave Egypt together with Moshe Rabbeinu. And this 20%, there's a faction within that 20% that's already saying, let's go back. Because what are they really saying? Let's live to fight another day. Let's live to fight another day. No, oh, we'll go back. The slavery we managed the last 200 years, we'll figure out how to make this work until we can finally figure out how to get out of here. The second group that says, let's fight to the last man, we're going to use military tactics, obviously, right? And the military tactics, you, like Yaakov, you know, when he approached Esav, he said, he split his camp in half. He said, if the first half gets, um, loses in battle, the second half will at least escape. That's what Yaakov said, right? That was their approach. They were taking a military approach to this. They said, we're going to fight this guy to the last man, but there'll be one faction that's going to escape the battle. And so we'll survive. And we'll be able to move on. The third group that says, let's throw ourselves into the sea. Right? They're not saying everybody should throw themselves into the sea. I'm thinking of, there was a, um, the great and holy tzaddik, Rabbi Elchanan Wasserman, who was a, the 
primary disciple of the Chafetz Chaim, the famous holy Drew the Chafetz Chaim. So he was in Kovna when the Germans rounded them up, this Rabbi Elchanan Wasserman. And the morning that they massacred everybody in the Kovna ghetto, and they knew they were all going to die, Rabbi Elchanan Wasserman gathered together all the Jews of Kovna. The reason we know this is because there were refugees, the people that got away. People escaped into the woods, wound up joining the partisans, etc. But they were there at the gathering. And he delivered an amazing, amazing speech that has gone down in Jewish history, I mean, since the Holocaust. But the word has gotten out to what Rabbi Chanan Wasman said that day. He says, apparently, on high, we are considered more powerful, we, all of us here today, are considered more powerful than all the sacrifices that were brought in the Holy Temple in Jerusalem. Apparently that's the case, because we're all about to be slaughtered. And in the form of sanctification of God's name, more than anything else that's ever happened before. And he really inspired the people that were there, he said, to prepare themselves for what's about to happen to them, to make sure that when they, why, why they did, enter it why in holiness, they, they, they didn't have any weapons. They never fought the fight. Warsaw Ghetto, not the Covenant. This is the Covenant. No, they, they, there was no uprising there. In Warsaw, there was an uprising. Yes, everyone knows about that fight. But there were people who escaped that day after his speech, managed to somehow escape, get into the woods, etc., join the partisans. That's how we know what happened on that day in Covenant. But you think about it, I would submit that Rabbi Khanna knew that there would be some amongst the crowd that would escape. In other words, I would imagine that he was in a state so spiritual, so transcendent, that not only was he speaking to the people that were about to be slaughtered, Al-Kiddush Hashem, sanctifying God's name with him, but I think he knew, could see, had vision, because when you're at that moment, you're at a different spiritual plane. And I think he knew that there was going to be those that were going to escape, So that his words would be able to inspire next generations. His words would reach to other generations as well. That's what I think. So I think that the group that said, let's throw ourselves into the sea, they knew not everybody was going to wind up throwing themselves into the sea. A small faction would wind up joining the partisans someplace in the woods and it would survive World War II. Wait a minute, it's the Jews Oh, that's the fighters. That was the last group I mentioned. Yes, some of them had arms, right? That's how they were able to fight a war. Yes. Because one faction said maybe they didn't have arms. They were not part of. The, they were not the military people. And all this was about to happen, and then Hashem said, "Just a second. And the fourth one said, "What the fourth group say?" Let's pray. What were they praying no, no, for? No. Well, and what were they praying for? Survival. They were praying for survival. See, I was listening. They were praying that we come out the other end and there's still some of us left. And that's why Hashem responds and says, even the ones that pray, Hashem yilachim lachem ba'akim tacharishon at the end of today's Torah reading. Why would Hashem say don't pray? What? Why would Hashem say don't pray? Why not? What's wrong with praying? 
Praying is always a good thing. And in fact, in the opening verse of tomorrow's Torah reading, we're going to find out that Moshe was praying. Even after Hashem said, Adam Tacharishan. What's wrong with prayer? Ah, because the prayer was, let's survive. Not, Mashiach has to come right now. And, and therefore, what's the punchline? The takeaway is, all these four factions are actually all beautiful ideas, all Torah congruent ideas, all appropriate ideas, all the, 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 their only flaw is that they're in Golos mode. And the day has come today, today, 12th day of Shvat, in the year 5,784, that we have no other choice, no other choice, all of the roads have been blocked. We are now standing at the sea, and we have absolutely no other choice but to extricate ourselves from Golas mode and throw ourselves completely into Gaula mode. No matter what, we're going to bring Mashiach now. Let's go out and do it. Let's find that year to learn Taita, put on Tefillin, put up mezuzahs, so that we experience it open and revealed in front of our faces with good health for everybody, pure, pure revealed, perfect health, safety and protection for our soldiers who are actually a part of the faction that is fighting the actual war. With arms, not just to survive, but to be victorious in the Golos War and bringing the Gula, <coughs> and by extension for all of us, with the absolute revelation and celebration that will take place first at 770 and then on to the base of English, Shlishi, may it happen now. Amen. Amen.